and welcome to the first episode of Counterpress, a new women's football podcast on The Ringer and Spotify. With me is my Counterpress crew. We're going to have our tactics brain of the pod, Jesse Parker Humphreys. The, oh. the, the, the brains. Floating brain in a jar. <laughs> the floating brain in a jar, the smart one, to keep us all on, uh, all on track when things get a little bit too chaotic. Um, we've got our two pros, the real professionals of this show, uh, the, the, the experienced heads on and off the pitch, would you say, guys? Or She's calling us oldies, basically. <laughs> <laughs> we've got Kate Longhurst of West Ham and Jenny Flatty of Liverpool. Hey, guys, how you doing? Good, thank you. Yeah, you both had big games yesterday, which we're going to get onto in a minute. Um, I was a little bit concerned um, when I was refreshing and seeing that um, potentially... Kate, you were going to draw your game and Jilly was going to lose your game. And I thought, could be some interesting vibes on our first show. Uh, but you both pulled out of the bag. So we're, we're, we're going to get onto that in a minute. And then we got um, my friend of me, um, <laughs> Becky, producer Becky, Becky Taylor Gill as well. That's all you were going to say about me. The brains, the experience. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, we're like my a superhero. My, par- my, par- my partner in crime and frenemy, Becky Best Taylor Gill. Best friend. That's friend how me. I describe you. Yeah. yeah. Um, Becky, thanks for... for Stepping up to the challenge and becoming producer of the show. Um, are you ready? Are you ready to edit Abs. this chaos? <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna yeah. be. Uh, it's gonna be a good job. Um, before we get onto the football, though, um, some people who listen to this show, and maybe a lot of people, may not know much about us. Um, so I haven't actually warned any of you guys, but I want us to come up with a little fun fact about ourselves or a little bit of interesting trivia like could be your proudest moment your most famous moment maybe your worst moment or why people might know you I feel like um, you should have prepared us for this I feel sorry. like having like some like corporate team building yeah it is kind of I corporate team building I also feel like Kate vibe. and Jilly's achievements are going to be much greater <laughs> you know Jilly like could be like I scored the first ever WSL goal. what am I going to say I was wrote an you article it. You want, yeah, yeah you want yeah, it. Um, it can be like you know something from your school days um, I mean, I can go first. Please. <laughs> so, um, fun fact that you might not or may not know or may know about me is that um, I was very into my musical theatre and drama. Oh, and I used to think I was really good at singing. <laughs> like, I thought I was so good. This explains so uh, much of writing, <laughs> can I just say? So, um, we once did Guys and Dolls in my um, primary school in year six. So, like, obviously, when you're finishing. And I played Nicely Nicely, who's like the big fat guy who sits, <laughs> sings, sit down, you're rocking the boat. And when I did that show, if I'm telling you I thought it was like the greatest performance of all time, even we did like an encore that I sung and I was like, wow, this is unbelievable. And then, you know, you know, like 10 years later when you watch back a VHS of like an old school show, I watched that back and I was like, Lord almighty, no tune, terrible. And I always thought, why did they put me through this? And we did it all in an encore and everyone had to watch that again. And there I was deluded thinking it was the greatest show of all time. So that's my fun fact. Maybe that this gave went you... in a direction I totally didn't <laughs> expect. So that's you like people may think, oh, like she just loves football, but more so she's, a theatre kid. More about her than I'm, that. You know, I'm versatile. I have many strings to my bow. I'm also a theatre kid, so there you go. This story explains a lot. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, Jesse, I'm looking at you because I feel like you got something. 
Well, I guess I will go with, so I'm sure lots of people will know, if you know me, that I'm a Chelsea fan. Um, but my family are all Arsenal fans, right? And everyone's always like, well, how did you end up as a Chelsea fan? And basically, when I was like three or four years old, I went to my mate's party and her dad was there and was like, oh, what football team do you support? And I said, Arsenal. And he just went to me, oh, no, they're like crap. You should support... I'm sure he didn't say crap. <laughs> they're rubbish. You should support Chelsea. And just... I'm like, how gullible was I as a like child or Being just like, like yeah, influence? Sure. I just went, yeah, sure. And now I've just got a stupid reason for supporting wow. a football team. Are you still friends with that family? And that? Yeah, they live opposite us. So oh, honestly, like I see the guy all the time and he like, like still thanks, laughs thanks at thanks me the about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, come on. He sent you on a pathway to like Champions League I think, and I Premier League. I think broadly League. I've done better out of it over the past 25 years. Especially of your, yeah, of your generation. Family. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Wow, exactly. what a guy. What's his name? Should we shout him out? Michael Elson. Shout <laughs> out Michael Elson if you're listening, which you're probably not. But thanks, thanks for the memories. Kate, hit us, come on. Um, well, my fly's broke on the way here. <laughs> so I'm currently Great. sitting here with like broken jeans. Okay. I love uh, that. So, yeah, that's a fun fact. Yeah, that's a fun fact. Just thought I'd let everyone know. Um, okay, I've got a fact actually. Okay, I've every WSL goal I've scored has been off one touch. Whoa, Whoa. one touch There's wonder. Not many that's goals. what they call you. <laughs> one touch wonder. One touch wonder. Wow, that's big. Is that a good fact? Yeah, that's a yeah. good that's great actually, fact. That's actually inspired my fact. Oh, here we go. Um, not to outdo you. No, but no. every time I've had how a many vodka... WSL goals have you scored? <laughs> <laughs> every time that I've had a vodka lemonade before a match, apart from one time, I've always scored a goal. Wow! Yeah. Before, like, as in before, directly before yeah, you got direct, the pitch. Direct, well, like, or like just the a little looser, you know? Like, yeah, just like, a little looser. I went to the pub pre-match. I mean, I'm not. This is like. This is like. try that. This is like playing football in the 1970s, where they would just have like pints and a fag before a game, and like a couple of beers at half time. This is Stan Bowles' behaviour right here. You go. You know, you play five aside in the evening. You go to the pub before. I mean, I don't because I'm a strict professional. Yeah. Once I had a like a Christmas, a work Christmas lunch, and I drank four vodka lemonades. And guess how many goals I scored? Four. One, Four. one Four. bird vodka no. lemonade. Yeah. Wow, the ratio there, there yeah. is fantastic. one time, and now I don't do it because I don't want to like ruin the, the vibe. The stats are yeah. so good. You're, yeah. you're so efficient <laughs> that you don't want to mess with that. Yeah. Jilly, how are you going to follow that? Well, I was, if I take that advice, I think Beardy might be a bit worried. <laughs> <laughs> Especially before I'll be on my back. Um, no, so when I was a bit, when I was younger, when I was younger, I used to do, um, when I was involved in the England youth, we used to do weightlifting as well as football. So we used to right. go to Crystal Palace two nights a week. So I was at Arsenal at the time. So I trained Arsenal Tuesday, Thursday, and then I used to go to Crystal Palace weightlifting Monday, Wednesday. And I actually become really good at it. Like I used to compete in the London Youth Games. Wow. And I actually qualified on one of my lifts to go to the like European Under-18 Championships with weightlifting. And it got to that point where the, the weightlifting coach was like, leave football, leave football, come and do this. And I just look at my dad and my dad's like, you've got no chance. <laughs> <laughs> How much are you lifting? Yeah, well, so I was talking? like, I think I was only like 15 at the time when I qualified. But I think it was like on the snatch, I think it was like 66, which wow. was quite big yeah, for me at the time. Especially for your size, what, what yeah. you would have been at that point. And obviously that's the one which you go yeah, over you your head and that. It, yeah. um, but I loved it. Like, I used to love the adrenaline wow. of coming yeah. out like all of my family and that would come to watch the London Youth Games. Yeah. 
Can we get like a weightlifting goal celebration at some point? Yeah. This season? I want to see like you to Little be like snatch. lifting Stengel like, yeah. up, up in the air after yeah. she's gone. I think if I try and snatch anything now, I'm going to be split and broken on the floor, mate. Are you still like the queen of the Liverpool gym then? Have you still got no, it? No, no, no. no. I ain't no. done weightlifting in a long time now. Damn. I don't think I'd get into them positions, to be fair. No, Probably well, injury you know. waiting to happen. Yeah. I could try. Maybe with like a broomstick instead. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I mean, let's get on to the football then. I love those fun facts, but let's get on to the football because it was a pretty chaotic weekend, not just with the teams that Kate and Jilly are involved in, um, but all round, less so at Stamford Bridge where like Spurs didn't really turn up in their game against Chelsea. But the Arsenal-United game at the Emirates was pretty crazy last 20 minutes. Um But let's quickly touch on what you guys had to deal with on Sunday. Because, Kate, even though you guys won 1-0, it was back against the wall when I was following online. Leicester had a goal disallowed, I think, quite late as well. There was a big goal line clearance um, as well, wasn't there? There was. It luckily hit me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you're going to watch the highlights, I'd say... Turn Fast on forward. at like 87 minutes because yeah. that's when all the drama was. Yeah. Um, but a win to win, eh? It is. It, it's a big three points for us. Yeah. Um, we didn't want to be the first team to let points go against Leicester either. So, you know, <laughs> there you it's... Go. Uh, Do you feel the pressure of that? Like when you're playing against Not teams? really, but I was thinking on 80 minutes, I was like, we can't like... Not just, and that's no disrespect no, to them. It's, just it's, as in, it's always the expectation, isn't it? When the fixture, when the fixtures come out for that weekend, there's always this expectation that like the team that's at the bottom, the team that haven't got any points, it's just going to be like a straightforward one. Like when Arsenal, when Arsenal lost to Birmingham, everyone was like, "What on earth has happened there?" Because there's just an expectation that certain teams will go places and just beat them. Yeah, and uh, to be fair, Leicester actually play some all right football. They play some good football. I don't think they'll finish on no points mm. especially now Willie Kirk's come in he's very experienced um, yeah I mean if I was to be a neutral I'd say a draw maybe a Leicester win was probably deserved mm. I don't think we really played well second half um, it was a little bit backs against the wall but the thing is you've got to stay in those games work hard and hopefully your chance will come and we literally got one chance and scored it so it's a lovely goal from we'll, Izzy Atkinson yeah, it was, as well she it took was, it really well yeah it's her first goal as well so really happy for her I don't think I've ever sprinted so fast to join in the celebration (laughs) more out of relief I think than anything but um yeah it was a bit of a frantic last five minutes but we're here for the entertainment business you know yeah exactly um Jilly it was a close call in your game three one down at half time yeah we uh we went one nil up and then I think there's been so much talk about us not scoring from open play that it was sort of that relief that we got the goal um, and it wasn't scored by a penalty. It was us actually playing good football. And we, we do play really good football. Like We've obviously played some tough games um, and obviously played most of the top top half of the table. But yeah, it was just obviously then we went one and then it went 1-1. One, one. And then obviously then a couple of decisions, dodgy decisions that then put us 3-1 down. And obviously going in at half time, you're thinking it can go either one or two ways. Um and then obviously then when we come out and then it started like pouring down and I like I just loved that. Like I was just like, this is my <laughs> this game. This is my football. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like I, it was everything, the tackles uh, and we dominated. We literally dominated the second half. And I think it, if we'd have come away 4-3, I don't think Brighton could have moaned about it because it literally was all our second half. Um, but yeah, we showed great spirit to come back in. And obviously then the, the third goal, it was the same like, when we scored the equaliser. Yeah, it was 92nd minute, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like, like, right at the end. It was it was incredible. And it just, I said at the change room afterwards, like, 
you might not realise how massive that point could be for us. And I think it was that pressure of, we obviously got the great win against Chelsea the first game of the season and not picked up no points since. It's sort of a bit like, would you have rather lost that game and potentially mm. won a couple more? Because sometimes that, that, winning that game yeah. can sort of make people's expectations of that of us a lot higher. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, we've just come up into the league. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's a great a great point for us in the end, away from home at Brighton, which is a tough ground to go to as well. And Shanice van der Sanden fit and scoring as well. So it's just like... It's, just, yeah, it's great to see her back. Yeah, just everyone's back in business. Um, well, yeah, thank God... Um, you guys pulled that off because I was just worried about the vibes this morning. I don't reckon I'd have turned up to be <laughs> Sorry, can't make it. All the trains are cancelled. Bye. Yeah, so, um, I mean, hopefully this will be a good run because otherwise we'll be turning up every Monday. So we, yeah. need, we need these runs to continue, guys. Um, but did you guys watch the game on Saturday night at the Emirates? I was there. You were there, Kate? Yeah. Did you watch we, it? We caught some of it on the bus, but it was uh, the signals killing us a little bit. But we managed to catch, like, the first part and then I was sitting with Shanice who was watching it as well so she was showing me all the goals as they was going in so. it was um yeah it was kind of a dead game wasn't it for the first like 70 or so minutes I mean United I think dominated most of it and kind of Arsenal had a a brief window where they create some good chances but I personally felt like United massively deserved deserved the result um and I think Arsenal looked like they're going to be struggling for the next couple of weeks they've got bad injury problems Beth Mead also who knows how long she might be out for hopefully not that long but it didn't look great on her knee injury but I think it's just interesting seeing the ramifications this might have for the rest of the league as well Chelsea obviously winning yesterday it's like where does that now leave Arsenal across the next couple of weeks yeah well I think it's interesting from trying to take a neutral perspective I think to have had Chelsea, United and Arsenal all have lost one game mm. this season to have that. That's really exciting. And I think I obviously wanted Arsenal to lose as a Chelsea fan, but I also thought a United win would be good. And I thought... It's good for the league, definitely. Good for the league. In inver- good for the league, in inverted <laughs> commas. But I was worried for them when it went 2-1 because I just thought this is exactly like the, the Chelsea game yeah, before exactly. the international break where they played well. They, You know, it was the same against Chelsea. They'd been even, but then it just felt like... They didn't, against Chelsea at least, have the mental belief that Mm. they could go on and win. But I think against Arsenal, because they've got wins against them before, it feels like they feel more on their level. Whereas I think against Chelsea and City, it's it's like they still aren't there as a team. But I think you also saw the impact of like Rousseau and Toon and them having the summer they they had and yeah. stepping up and scoring because also I just love that Alessia Russo like her only celebration is just the same that. one as <laughs> of the air as of the air like just, just don't care it was funny as well because there'd been a, a really big narrative about the United away end before so I feel like expectations were quite high about the atmosphere as well and for the first hour I was like come on guys like it was just silent I don't know what you thought Kate being in the crowd but there was just it often happens I sometimes think when you go to a big ground and everyone kind of disperses and you feel like then there's just like pockets of like whispers and not much like collective atmosphere but then as soon as actually Arsenal went 2-1 up weirdly I felt like United fans kind of thought oh actually we need to kind of get people going now and that then you know impacted the players it got them motivated and then they managed to turn it around but I don't know whereabouts you were sitting Kate did you kind of sat right above the Man United fans. oh so was Literally, I yeah 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 yeah, yeah. And, um yeah and like so it was a bit like at the beginning it was just sort of like oh this is nice it's a football yeah. match yeah yeah, yeah. and then 
I think once Arsenal scored their second goal, they were giving it a bit to the Man United fans. But like there was a couple of Man United fans like standing up trying to like create some atmosphere and the stewards kept telling them to sit down. Oh, I didn't see that. And one of them was absolutely losing it. I, and I was literally watching her most <laughs> of the game. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it's and she was going mad. And I was just like, just let her stand up and shout if she yeah, wants yeah, and like yeah. sing songs and whatever. Yeah. Um, but it was quite funny. Once it went 3-2 though, like it was limbs everywhere yeah. and yeah. I was loving it. I was just like, this it, is what women's football should be about. It was really good as well because I had a couple of friends I brought with me and I bumped into a few after the game as well who are like Arsenal men's season ticket holders and have been going to a lot of the women's games when they're at the Emirates. And one of them was sitting by, sitting like, you know, the, the home side of the United away end and I bumped into him and he was like, yeah, I was like really trying to like give it at, give it to the United fans all game to try and get some atm- atmosphere going, and then like it was a bit embarrassing because obviously like we lost and they were giving it back to me, and he was like, I don't really mind though because it was really fun, and I was like, see that it's it's a hard one because I wrote an article about this um, yesterday because like there is obviously a fine line I think, and most people know the boundaries of like what is offensive behaviour and what isn't, but I think in women's football is like you need you need a bit of needle to to create an atmosphere and create a rivalry and a tension that then like flows over into the pitch. And obviously I like, I know there is a bit of a debate in the game now about like, you know, what the women's game should not be maybe pulling from the men's game and what it should be. But I think it is really hard with atmosphere not to just have like, we don't want that because like you said, as soon as you get that rivalry and that tension and a little bit of hostility in the right sort of way, which is sometimes hard to define, then it just creates such a better atmosphere. And I think both sets of fans would kind of take it on the chin as well. Like when when United went 3-2 up and there was this guy who was like in his Parker jacket standing on the chair, yeah, like giving it the big him. one, yeah. <laughs> like, and just like lots of hand signals that I'm not going to repeat. But like, I know it's, it's hard because there are so many kids there. And I think for, the, for those of us that have grown up watching men's football, you're used to it and you just kind of laugh at it and you're like, you know, it is what it is. Um, but it's just like I want it and then I don't want it and it's it's hard to sometimes like reason with because obviously I don't want kids to be watching some bloke do like you know, V signs for 90 minutes at them. But I didn't, uh, like, it's not... the character yeah, building. It's not, the kids will survive. They'll be it's fine. Not, it's not really about that. But I do think it just flipped as soon as you got a bit more of that. And it was like finding that. And I know... Obviously, as players as well, it's quite difficult because with with a bit more of a defined away end, I think you will get a rivalry, you will get atmosphere, but then you will get a bit more hostility. And then, you know, like we spoke about this on the pilot, which didn't air out, which was a little bit spicy. <laughs> but it's like, you know, you're going to get, you as players are going to get stick from, from fans as well. So it's like, how much of that would you be willing to accept in in uh, in kind of, in order to get better atmosphere, if that makes sense? It's like, what do you, what would you be willing to take if it meant that there would be better, yeah, better the rivalry? <laughs> <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. what, what do you guys think is like, you know, that's banter, that's that's good, you know, like fan I, banter. I think anything then, on the pitch, like, yeah. we're literally paid to play the game. For me, everything adds to the game. Yeah, like you train all week, and if someone Just wants to give moment. you some stick, like on the sidelines or whatever, as long as it's not like offensive personal yeah, or yeah. you know but give it to me because i'll play to it like yeah. i want to be like if i'm gonna time waste or whatever because yeah. we're winning with five minutes to go 
Boo me. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Does like, it motivate you? Yeah. I love it. Because I'm like, if no one says anything, it's just mm. like, well, we might as well just play on the park. Like, yeah. I want that atmosphere. When yeah. it comes to social media, I think, just don't tag me in it. Like, if you want to say something about me, just don't tag me in it. Yeah, like, that's just I'm not good to know for the future. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you are the worst one. Before, so. No, it's true, though. Um, that That is crosses well, a massive line for me. Well, because it takes it home as well, yeah, right? It's unnecessary. Like, yeah. If you're at work, I mean, it's still a weird thing, though, right? Because imagine we were doing this pod well, exactly. and then someone was standing over there booing <laughs> us. That's what I say. I mean, that's a mad thing about being a linesman is that, like, can you imagine any other job where for 90 minutes someone's calling you whatever word in your like it's a bizarre culture and world that we exist in in football but it is unique but I, I, like it's hard as well like Jilly you've obviously had experiences on social media and stuff and been playing the game a very long time but how have you seen it evolve and like what would you like to see in order to create better atmosphere like is the, is the away fans and that kind of element like are you up for that yeah I think like a separate away end I think is good I think as the game's growing I would especially as rivalries are starting to build more so now, I think it is advised to have an away end and a, and a home sport. I think there's nothing worse. I think at West Ham last year, everyone was sort of mixed in together. Mm. And it's then that can cause a little bit of your, you're worried even for like family if they're sitting there and someone might say something about their daughter, etc. It's a bit like, then you're watching and you're thinking like, dad, don't kick off, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do think that helps. Like we had a section yesterday at the Brighton game where it was just the whole end was like Liverpool and they're, they're so loud, the supporters as well at Liverpool. Um, but then when I was down the other end, like I was getting it from the Brighton fans. Like, every, every tackle I'd done, like they were trying to get me sent off from minute one. Like, <laughs> But I'm just sort of a bit like Kate where I'm like, carry on yeah. like it just it motivates me more and yeah. then the next tackle I want to go in even harder so yeah. um but yeah like, I think on social media like I even I was telling Kate earlier like even yesterday like I probably thought that, that was probably my best game this season and I got slaughtered again on, on social media you 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 did you delete your twitter yeah I deleted yeah. it so I, I completely come off it and then I was laying with my partner last night in bed. She goes, I'm fuming. And I'm like, what have I done? <laughs> I ain't done nothing. And then she was just like, like they all, like my mum and dad and that all thought we had a good game. So yeah. she was like, I just wanted to go on to see yeah. what fans were saying. Yeah, to see, because to hopefully find some positive So messages. then go, yeah, yeah. this is this. Yeah. And then yeah. she's like, what is wrong with these people? I know. And I'm, I but know. I'm talking like, there was one account where it was before the game even kicked off. They might have done... I'd say maybe 50 tweets and 49 and then were about me. It's just bizarre. I mean, I don't understand it. And we had, it's relevant because there was examples of this after the Arsenal-Man United as well, the Man United game where, you know, a lot of fans were were commenting about Beth Mead's performance, about Viviana Miedemar's performance. And, you know, I think, I think you, ha like, you have to really think about these people and, you know, tagging them in it especially is just completely ridiculous, unreasonable. And also just think about, you know, what what if they read this message? What are they going to see? Like, I think, like you guys have said, so many players, especially as the game's evolved and, like, got much better broadcast coverage, like, so many players say, like, I want to be criticised. I want you to view me as a footballer, but don't, like, come for me personally about my family and mm -hmm. personally attack yeah. who I am and stuff like that. It's like, there, I think... There is such an obvious line between, you know, be, you know, talking about football and being critical of footballers, um, and you know, teams' performances and just being a bully. And I think, I think most, like most of us, would be able to read that line. But in in football fandom, it's like 
the boundaries I think just become so much murkier and I think it, it it's it's a, it's a one that in women's football people are just still trying to work out because there has always been an accessibility of players as well it's like you feel like you know these people where it's like no you don't you don't yeah. know who I am like just because you've been seeing me play for 20 years doesn't mean like you, you know me and then therefore you can like talk to me like a mate or say things about me like a mate like you're not at the end of the day and I think that is maybe one of the moments we're at in women's football where people are like still kind of trying to understand that detachment between like you know these players aren't there just to be um you know spoken about inside and out and have their whole entire lives like detached and spoken about um and I think we saw that really explode on Saturday night on Twitter Jesse I know we were looking at some of the wild tweets that were coming out and it's it's it gets kind of extreme right yeah I mean I think it's obviously I almost think it's kind of like the opposite of what you're saying in that I think in the past in women's football people have felt who've gone to games regularly have felt an actual genuine connection because mm-hmm. of the the level of time and commitment that players have put into the fans who who go to those games but actually as the game's growing people don't have that connection yeah. anymore and and players become like we see in the men's game it's almost like they're not real mm-hmm. or like they're not real people because you you don't and like speak to them you, you don't think say hi you, to you them you think they're never going to see it anyway so I can just mm-hmm. say whatever I want but I also mean. think a lot of it it's just like people want to say stuff for attention. Yeah. So I think that's where it comes from because I'm just like, otherwise, why, why would you, you say it? And like, obviously it's it's not, people are allowed to let off steam and like be critical and blah, blah, blah. Like we wouldn't have jobs if we were never going to criticise yeah. players because sometimes, yeah. you know, teams play poorly, players play poorly, but it's, it's how, it's like how you justify it, right? Like, mm. are you actually talking about the way someone played the way you felt like they contributed to a game or are you just telling someone to fuck off yeah (laughs) or you're just attacking them on personal reasons Mm. yeah exactly and I think I think there needs to be like a very clear line and I feel like Arsenal sort of imploded on Saturday night as various people crossed that line and started to kind of just like unravel as a whole fan base but Anyway, we won't I, get to... I totally missed all the discourse, but I did notice Jesse in the club at 1am <laughs> tweeting. <laughs> so, so Jesse was not, never, not online. <laughs> Jesse was not missing the discourse. Oh, on Saturday night. I was like fist bumping to Abba. Jesse was just like, beep, 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 beep. Anyway, guys. <laughs> hey, I could do both. Tweet and dance. <laughs> um, but let's kind of move on to what I wanted to look at um, as well this afternoon because by the time people listen to this the England game is probably over uh the England men's game their opening game of the World Cup against Iran um but there is going to be a a month-long uh football tournament happening before we talk about the football uh also want to talk about some breaking news we don't have like a breaking news siren um but it's just so happened to be announced uh, while we've been recording that England will not be wearing the classically named One Love <laughs> captain's armband, um, which was uh, quite a terrible fake rainbow armband anyway. And lots of people thought it was very pathetic and crap, but it was like the loose interpretation of representing LGBTQ rights and a rainbow flag in the World Cup. So it's kind of like a, it's better than nothing, but it's a little it bit was, pathetic. Yeah, already like watered down. It was already watered down. And now they've just announced that they won't be wearing that because FIFA would have booked Harry Kane for wearing it. Uh, and f- and FA, the FA were not willing to to take the risk. Um, it's obviously a bit shit. It's really shit. Um, it's really and dumb. 
I suppose it's just adding to the pile of shit for this World <laughs> Cup. That it's like, I think it's disappointing from an England perspective because both Wales and England were making quite a big statement uh, by saying, you know, we're still going to stand by what we're doing. We're still going to wear the armband. We're still going to stand by what we're doing. I don't know if it is a big statement. No, in, in their words, in their oh, okay. words, they, what, that's what they were saying. With yeah. everything that was going on around yeah. the World Cup, they were saying, you know, we've been talking to, we've been having conversations with migrant workers. England did a training session with some. Um, you know, we've been doing our homework. We're going to be taking the knee and we're going to be wearing this armband and this is our, you know, like pushback. This is our statement as players and what we believe in, which I, you know, trust all, a lot of those England players. They are, you know, good allies. Um, but I think this is just disappointing because it feels like they've caved at the first bit of pressure. Well, I think the irony is, is it probably wouldn't have been like a statement if nothing was going to happen. But if they said, we'll take the yellow card, exactly, that, that would have powerful, been a statement. Yeah, right? Because they would have said, well, you know, fuck, fuck you, FIFA, we don't care, yeah. fuck this is being held in this country. Yeah. We want to kind of show our support regardless. And instead it's because FIFA wants to have a different special FIFA campaign for every round yeah, of games. Yeah, and that. And yeah, I, it is pathetic. It's pathetic from the FA. It's pathetic from FIFA as well. Like it feels like the least FIFA could do. It's like, yeah, we are holding the World Cup in which, you know, gay people can be stoned to death, but you also cannot wear an like, <laughs> armband either. Like, come on. It's yeah, just... not even, not even, it's not even an arm. You look at that armband and that rainbow is not even like, you would not, not recognise that yeah. as the LGBTQ flag because it is so, it's just so pathetic and watered down. What anyway. they should have done is, because they were going to risk the booking is just don't give it to Harry Kane just give it to someone just that rotate you don't it. mind playing yeah just rotate it because you don't yeah. want Harry like, Harry to Harry Maguire and yeah, then he won't be exactly. able to exactly <laughs> I'm like chuck it to someone who you don't mind getting a yellow card if you were so stressed about Harry Kane and Harry Kane doesn't get that many bookings anyway but I think it was that if he was going to get a booking a game yeah well, he's, yeah, he exactly. Was, so, he what, so just ro game. rotate it he acts as captain it, yeah. you're, you're so right like that is Twist the it's rules, not, it's man. It's not a statement at all until you have to actually put something on the line. Right. To they say, wanted I'm making something this easy to do. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. as soon as they've had any pushback, they're like, okay, sorry, FIFA, we won't do it. So England haven't even played the first game yet. And um, yeah, it's, it's already frustrating. But let's get into the football. Um, there's lots of good stuff to read online and lots of good po podcasts to listen to about the Qatar World Cup, about some of the issues around the tournament, you know, about some of the clear human rights abuses and, you know, the discrimination against the LGBTQ community. Um, but for this, I want to focus on England. I want to focus on England's men's team. Um, how are we feeling about how they're going to be doing in this World Cup? Because I personally am like not sure <laughs> about how it's going to go down. Um, and obviously the Iran game is going to happen like right now. Um, so I don't want to focus on that game too much. But like gen generally, how are people feeling? Kate, I know you're going to be like watching the first game with some of the West Ham girls. What are the vibes like? And obviously you guys know like Declan Rice must have crossed over quite a bit at West Ham. Um how are you guys thinking about how this World Cup's going to go down? Yeah, it's an interesting one because it's literally like I knew two days ago that we were playing today. You know, it's <laughs> it's, it's just, just come a, yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah, The Premier League stopped and then you're like, oh, yeah, there's a World Cup. Yeah, um, I feel like we have a lot of players out of form, mm. which worries me a little bit. Um, so I don't really know how we're going to gel together. It could, it could go either way. Yeah. yeah, but we've obviously got some great players, so... You know that we're capable of scoring goals. Um, defensively, we've probably got people that haven't really been playing that much or aren't in form. Mm. 
Um, I think Declan Rice and Jude Bellingham in midfield will be very good. Yeah. They're both really good players, probably complement each other quite well. Um, obviously, I'm a big Declan fan. So <laughs> Yeah, what's he like Like in, in the... Obviously, he's like West Ham golden boy, right? Um, he's probably the, yeah, the best player at the club right now. Hello? <laughs> I think that's... <laughs> we'll just wait for that to go. <laughs> What's funny about that fire alarm is I found a video and I don't know if you, it was you in the video what? from um, the Sheffield semi-final and we were in the toilet before the game of the women's euros and the fire alarm went off and i was in the cubicle on my own and i just thought it was so funny to shout beth made's on fire i wouldn't have come back out the toilet <laughs> uh, um anyway yeah declan rice west ham golden boy definitely the best player at the club right now right um what's he like to be around he looks like a sweetheart but um, is that is that true or is he actually just like a secret party boy? No, I don't think he's a party boy. I think he said he'd never had a Yeah, that's drink what I beer. thought, yeah. right? Um I mean I haven't seen him too much, um, but he always seems like a really respectful person. Um very personable, like everyone that meets him gets on with him. Um as I said, I don't know him personally, but mm. you know, um yeah, he's obviously a fantastic player for West Ham. We're very lucky to have him. Um We'll see if we can hold on to him yeah, for too exactly. much longer. But, Jilly, um, how are you feeling about England at the World Cup? Yeah, same with Kate, really. I didn't really know much about when the first game was until um, we come down It did, it did kind Saturday. of pop out of nowhere. Yeah, and it, I'm not like I'm a. I like men's football, but Kate will probably know more than anyone. I'm not really a huge men's football fan. Like I watch it if the game's on, but. If, for example, a game's on in the evening and I could be watching EastEnders, I'll watch EastEnders. <laughs> <laughs> you, know I mean? you know, we've all got to make decisions like that, you know. But women's football, like, yeah. I'll have it on. Like, um, but, yeah, with men's football, like, I just feel like with England, there's always so much hype every tournament that they're going to win it, they're going to win it, and we don't. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know, sometimes, like, we just over-expect that we're going to do really well in it. And I think, like, even... I was talking, I'd done a, a media thing a couple of weeks ago with Paul Merson and he was talking about the England and someone went to him, how are you going to do? And he went, we're going to do rubbish. And they <laughs> went, what do you mean? And he went, well, we're playing out there in heat that we've never experienced. Like, it's not going to be suited to us. So, I don't know. I just think, obviously, it's going to be it's going to be tough. But, I mean, I'm obviously supporting them and hoping that we do really well in it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm similar. It's like my expectations are fairly low, but then it's like the only way is up, right? If you don't get too overexcited, whereas normally in, for men's tournaments, I will be one of those people who's like, obviously we're going to win the whole thing, so <laughs> why are the others even turning up? How do you guys feel about it running at the same time as the WSL? Because I kind of thought it would be maybe an opportunity for people who either aren't asked about the World Cup because of where it is, or equally, you know, it being the only club football on. But I feel like, actually, we're just seeing coverage, like, siphoned oh, away. And it's just World Cup mm -hmm. wall to wall. In a way that feels like a shame when there's free game weeks mm. and, like, a load of really exciting games. Obviously, great games this weekend. We've still got, like, a Manchester derby to come as well. Like, how, how has that been from your guys' perspective? Yeah, I, th I think it would be a big opportunity for people to actually come and watch us play. And hopefully that is the case. I mean, we saw some big crowds yesterday. Obviously, playing at the men's stadiums helps, but... People are actually coming to see the games. And I think when there's no football on, watching football on TV is not the same as being at a live game. Mm. Albeit it might not be, you know, women's football might not be what you 
are used to watching, but why not give it a try? You know, um, there's some really good games. There's loads of goals. If anything, we play a bit more transitional than men's football, so actually sometimes it's more exciting. Mm. Um, but it would be really nice if people just thought, right, well, there's no, say, for example, us, there's no West Ham game. Could we go and watch a women's team? Take the family. It doesn't cost that much. Um you know, it would be nice for more people to come and watch. But like you say, with the media coverage, I think we will get a little bit lost because it's like there's a World Cup game every two hours, yeah, every, day, every day. It is so, non-stop. Exactly. I think the good thing is Sky obviously don't have any um, World Cup rights. So I know they, you know, they're going fairly big with their coverage of the WSL over the next couple of weeks. And like you said, Jesse, there's, we had the games at Stamford Bridge Emirates on the weekend. We've got some other games coming up. Championship attendance records yesterday from games that they had in men's stadiums. Sheffield United, I think, had 11,000 at Bramall Lane. So, I mean, there's quite a lot going on, like Fulham were playing at Craven Cottage. There's quite a few little bits going on, but it's like, unless you're really embedded in, like, the women's football universe, then I feel like you often don't see these things. And it's like, actually, there are so many football fans who will just be deaf, desperate to go to a football match because that's like their you know that's their regular week weekend routine and to not have that if, unless you're like league one league two or a national league then they will be probably actually craving it and I'm interested to see what the clubs do as well over the next couple of weeks whether like you know they push as well because there's only so many times that West Ham men can tweet about Declan Rice right before they're like let's get some yeah what else do we do so I think there's lots of clubs who will hopefully be maybe redirecting traffic towards their men's teams. But let's see what happens. I'm hopeful of a, you know, big WSL crowds over the next couple of weeks and always hopeful about England. But I just just try and, you know, um, taper my excitement a little bit. Um, and look, talking about the other England, uh, England women finishing... No, no, their... the, ma- the men are the other England. Sorry. <laughs> Talking about the, the real England. England. <laughs> the England. The exactly. England. Uh, England women finishing 2022 unbeaten. Um, Becky first. Yeah. When we were sitting through Phil Neville England era, <laughs> did you ever think there'd be a time where England were going to finish a whole calendar year unbeaten? <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> no not. No way. It's um, mad. It's pretty Do amazing. Do you remember those it? days? Oh, God, the dark no, the, days. They were dark days. Um, I feel like I do feel like I lost part of my personality there when he left. Like I was so I know we've just had this whole conversation. Truth so, so, <laughs> whole conversation about like social media. Social media and <laughs> online, hey. <laughs> but like that was my report. Shtick. Report. Um <laughs> I hated him. The the Norway game wasn't a classic. Um but you know, England can't win every game in style. So yes, I feel like it was quite a nice coming back down to earth a little bit. Um but or over all in all, like, it's been an unbelievable year, right? Yeah, it's obviously been, I think, a year beyond kind of anyone's, like, dreams. Although, obviously, we were there in February at the Arnold Clark Cup saying that we were going to win it all, and <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, so I had a vision, I um, knew it. <laughs> it was Arnold us, Cl- man of it. Arnold Clark fever. Yeah. yeah. But, it's, you know, to go through, even the Arnold Clark Cup, I know everyone jokes about it, and it's funny, but, like, they were three good teams, yeah. and we didn't lose then, and we went for a whole international tournament and we didn't lose and I think the other games in between you're like yeah "Yeah, whatever and I don't you know I do think it's interesting I'm like maybe it would be good to lose at some point (laughs) and I haven't because I just worry that like you know I think sometimes that you know knowing how you deal with that feels like it can be important as well and how you come back from that and sometimes I'm like oh god like yeah we need one before the world cup yeah yeah because I feel like the Spain game in the Euros was a bit like that like it was like it's it's good I thought my life was ending oh my god (laughs) But it was it was good to know that that team can come back yeah. from like right at the death, 
So yeah, yeah you got you got to build up your it. resilience. Julie is someone who's been like in and around that setup. Obviously, what's it like for you now to see some of those players like being part of this like uh, unbelievable unbeaten team? Yeah, no, I think it's great, and I think it's it's well deserved. Obviously, there's a lot of players that come before those current players that um, obviously have fought to get England where they are now. Um, and it's mad you think just a change of manager using near enough the same players really mm. how. She knows obviously how to get the best out of those players. I still think it'd be good for them not to, I don't want them to lose, but to have that test mm. because sometimes I think when you keep winning and winning and winning, it's sort of that, not that overconfidence, but going into the World Cup without that, what happens then if their first real test is in the World Cup? And sometimes that might be a bit too late to learn how players deal with that or to know how to deal with that. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's great that obviously the better England women do, the better it is for our league. Um, so obviously, yeah, obviously we're full advocates of that and obviously it's our country too. But it's nice, I think, to see players that I played with um, and especially even younger players coming in there and and earning their positions too. And it, it getting players a plan because of how they're playing at club and they're getting their call-ups from how they're playing, not just who they are. Yeah, which I think that, is the main thing. Especially the last couple of weeks. Obviously, Lucy Parker got called up and then unfortunately got, got injured. But Katie Robinson uh, at Brighton. There's been some nice, fun, like Maya Letizia, obviously a lot of people were pushing for that. But some players who aren't like, you know, typical England girls who were always guaranteed into the squad. Like, you can tell that Viegman is looking through the leagues and like watching a lot of football and like looking at, you know, finding the good talent, which must be quite nice for like, especially, you know, players at West Ham, Kate, is to feel like, you know, she's watching me. She's not just going to pick like everyone that plays at Chelsea or, you know. Yeah, I mean, not for me, obviously. <laughs> 33, I think There's my time, time might be. Kate. You never know. <laughs> Serena kind of likes to throw a wild card out there. Yeah, I mean, I did get a clean sheet at centre-back yesterday. So. Um, hey, one touch. One yeah, touch well, goals. yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, no, of Serena's course. Serena's going to listen. And yeah, yeah, gonna get yeah, yeah, come pick me, you know. Just, um, but yeah, um, it's fantastic for people to think, actually, they could be watching our games and you've got a chance if you play well enough or... You know, if you're a young player and you're you're playing games in WSL, there's some of the best players in the world there. Um, so it's who can hold their own. I think you've got to have the right mentality as well. Someone like Lucy Parker, I think I read a stat the other day, she's only started 10 WSL games and she got a call up. So um, she's been very unfortunate with injuries this season and, and the back end of last season, but she's definitely got the qualities to be a good centre-half. She just needs a bit more experience in terms of maybe how to play games and um, things like that. But in terms of raw ability, she's so strong. She's good on the ball. It's just probably like decision-making that comes with experience. But when you go to camps like that and play around better players, mm. you're going to pick up so much off players like that. So She needs some of that Kate Longhurst shithousery technique. Yeah, I mean, you know, we can teach people. But <laughs> it's just Kate's an art a mentor. Form. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some people are born with it. Yeah, know? exactly. Um, I want to talk about Jill Scott as well in I'm a Celeb. I don't know if you, have you guys been watching yes, her? Yes, yeah. every day. Um, do we think she's going to win? Yeah. yeah. I hope so. Yeah. You can just see she's such a good she's person. She's been the bookie's favourite. Like, since day one I know and I, but I really love Owen as well I mean I yeah. am Jill like Jill, Jill number die. one yeah. I think they'll be the but, last two yeah. yeah and their friendship is cute as exactly. well exactly exactly um, would you guys ever do I'm a celeb though <laughs> if you gave me enough money <laughs> I'm scared of name everything. your price <laughs> yeah. I mean I also have to be a celebrity first but like I <laughs> am scared once you've got the England everything. call up I reckon yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> what's the minimum amount that you would take I want you to name, oh. your, price. Yeah, name your price if ITV are listening we'll get if they cut 50k 
What are you scared of? Like, right? Everything. Really? The dark. But I have got quite brave with spiders putting them in glasses and a bit of paper now. There you go. And chucking them out the window. I don't know if they let you do that. No, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that would be the challenge. Put a glass over it. Like, I have sweated over just watching a spider for like half an hour before. So I'm quite brave with that I was watching the one on Sunday night when Jill was necking like blended vagina. And it was just like disgusting. Jilly, would you do it? Same with Kate, really. If they pay me enough money, I will. I'd be more like, as in, I'm really claustrophobic. Okay, so, like, yeah, yeah, not like any of the ones which well, involve, you're in a box or something. Yeah, yeah. no, I'd, I'd, I'd cry. I would definitely say I'm a celeb, get me out of here. Would right. you guys go on Strictly? Because I would love to do Strictly. Yeah, Strictly is <laughs> my dream. would be awful, yeah. but I'd love it. I would love you do it, Strictly. Yeah, I would. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd be, be terrible. Tony Adams, I think. Stripping. I would love to do it. I think it looks loads of fun. Well, I hope I hope Jill wins. Um. Well, that's it for the first episode. Um, we'll see how long this show lasts before we get taken off air. Um, or... Before we all go on Strictly. And yeah. <laughs> or Becky quits because the editing process is too complicated. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for listening to the first episode. We're going to be here every Monday. Uh, and please get in touch and share and comment and obviously subscribe to the feed. But if you've got any things that you want us to talk about or questions or comments or thoughts or whatever. Um, no, no, no bad thoughts. No bad Only th- positive. You know, like, just don't tag no. us in it if it's <laughs> yeah, don't, bad. Don't, don't, you can tag me. Um, no, constructive criticism is always welcome. No. <laughs> unless no, thank about, you. Unless it's about Becky. Um, but yeah, please, you know, um, obviously you want to keep the good vibes flowing. Um, but if there's anything Oh, there's a pun there. <laughs> um, if there's any stuff that people want to talk about, please let us know. Uh, we're going to be back on Monday. You guys are in Conti Cup action, am I right? This weekend, yes. yeah, yeah. Everyone's favourite tournament. <laughs> Everyone's yes. favourite domestic cup competition. Uh, there's Champions League action as well this week, so we'll be covering that in next week's show. Uh, if you're watching England and you're watching the World Cup, enjoy that. If you're not, get down to your local WSL team, and we'll see you all next week. Bye.